You know, when Christmas Eve service, you know, there's so many things that we could talk about. We're going to stick to Jesus tonight, though, okay? Because his birthday and all. But I think that, you know, the reality is, I sound, am I loud? Am I too loud? It's like the glory of the Lord's star just turned on to me, too. Is that too much? Because all of a sudden, I feel like the Messiah. And so, if I start acting that way, like, start throwing things at me. But, um... But, you know, the reality is, you can bring me down because I'm excited. I might get a little crazy here. But um, the reality is, is, is because of culture, because of church culture, I think we have a lot of misconceptions of who Jesus really is and what really happened on that day that he was born. And so I want to show you a video of, some, of where I think it all begins. It begins when you're little, when you're a little schoolgirl, a little schoolboy. Um, and so I want to show you this video. On, you can look at one of our two screens. Once upon a time, there lived a girl named Mary, and an angel came to her one day and said, I'm having a baby. A baby? What kind of baby? Look like pumpkins. That's it? And frogs. Mary went to go tell Joseph, her husband, who she was marrying. I'm going to have a baby, and he's going to be the son of God, and I don't know what we're going to do about it. They traveled to Bethlehem to pay their taxes, and they probably didn't want to walk that far. They wanted a sports car. The rooms were full because it was Christmas Eve. They asked people, and they said there's nowhere to stay. She asked, I'm Joseph, where do we stay? I have no idea. They asked the, um, the innkeeper, do you have any rooms? He said, no, I don't, but you can sleep in the, um, you can sleep in the barn. She was like, I'm not staying there. Is that the only place we can go? <laughs> Stinky. They said, okay, and then the ba- baby Jesus was born. The shepherds were out in the field. They take care of cheats. And it was Davis and his brothers and his dad, Jeffrey. No, not Davis, Daniel. And then angel showed, showed up and said um, that um, God's being born. And then they said, follow the star, follow the brightest star. You'll see the ba- you'll see baby Jesus. What else? Wise men were um, three kings from the east. And they saw this bright light. And it was when Jesus was born. They brought gifts to him. Metal presents, gold, something and something. Gold um, and... Frankenstein and... Bow? They look like metal. It's about Jesus. He wanted to love people and he wanted them to be happy. First he was a little baby and then his dog grew up to be a man and then he was Jesus. He uh, made us and he loves us. He's God and that's why we celebrate Christmas. Christmas is Santa's birthday. Steve, we're not going to... Share the second one. Merry 
seems to come real tight. Christmas food, I know. Anyway, it, you know, I was going to show this other video that talks about, you know, because I think, well, like, how could the kids really believe that? That's crazy that they would say those things that Frankenstein was at Christmas, you know? It's kind of ironic, though, that the kids remember gold, you know? I mean, they remember the cash that was brought to Jesus. That kind of follows us through life, I think. But um, that's the one thing we like to remember and we like to get. But um, but I was going to show this other video because this guy goes through and says, what does the Bible really teach about what happened on that morning? And, you know, for example, there wasn't just three guys. It never talks about three dudes on a camel. You know, it doesn't talk about Mary even riding a camel whenever she's, I mean, a camel, a donkey whenever she was coming in there. And so it's just like a lot of misconceptions about Christmas. I was going to show that video. It's a little long, though, because we're, we're running a little short on time. But my point is that it's, and the point of the second video is that, you know, it's so easy at Christmas to get caught up in the details of the story. Whether you think you know everything and you really don't, or you are a little, are a little kid and you have an innocence about, you know, what you do believe and you don't understand it that way. But it's easy for us to get caught up. Just within the Christmas story, I mean, not even considering all that the world throws at us. But what, the point I want to talk about tonight is that, you know, the birth story of Jesus is a story about a God who wants to get busy in our mess. The story of Jesus, the birth story of Christ, if you, I mean, you can look through all the details, whether he was born in a stable, which is probably not true because animals were usually kept in caves, or whether you think that Mary rode in on a donkey or she was carted in, probably because she was pregnant, or whether you believe that December 25th is the literal day that Jesus was born or not, or whether you should be celebrating Santa Claus coming tonight, or if you're going to, you know, you're swinging over hell on a rotten vine, and, well, you need to stop doing that because I feel guilty about it. I mean, I, I mean, all those details, the bottom line, the reality, the function of Christ on Christmas, the way he was born, where he was born, how he was born, all comes down to communicating to us that God is interested in getting involved in our mess. Mary and Joseph did not sanitize, this is, we know this, that Mary and Joseph did not sanitize the stable before Jesus was born. They did not move all the stable stank out before they moved sweet-smelling baby Jesus in. I mean, and he wasn't sweet-smelling, all right? I mean, he was all gooey and blue. I mean, whenever my wife had our children, I thought she was birthing avocados when I looked, you know, and saw and so, you know, there's just some things that God's not supposed to see. I'm not saying another talk. But when Jesus came out, he was like you and me. He was all sticky and wet and smelly and nasty. And they, had, they probably had to cut the umbilical cord with a rock or something. You know, hold it, I'll pinch it, we'll pinch it. You know, I mean, I don't know. But I promise you, there was no sanitation. There's no, there nothing clean and pretty and proper about the way Jesus was born. There was nothing pretty, pretty, clean, and proper about, you know, the stable or the cave or wherever he was born. Mary and, had Jesus right in the middle of the mess and the stink and the yuck of our world. But most people's experience of the church and of Christians is that in order for me to encounter this Jesus. In order for me to be in relationship with this Jesus, in order for me to come to church, I can't be like that, can I? I can't be messy. I can't be jacked up in parts of my life. I can't be broken. I have to be clean. 
I have to get my life together if I want to have anything to do with Jesus. When the actual birth story of Jesus, the way he chose to come, in, chose to come into this world, actually communicates the exact opposite. Every other world religion tells you that. If you want to find inner peace, if you want to find, reach the different levels of different levels, if you want to be right with God, if you want to come back as an antelope instead of an ant, if you want to whatever, then get your act together. But that's not what our God says. Our God says, in the middle of your mess, I'm going to come in a messy way, and change things forever. God's desire for you this Christmas is to know that as you invite him into your stable, into your heart, into the place where there is mess, he will come and bring transformation. Jesus was born into our mess, not to get us to clean up our lives, but instead to allow him to transform it. If we spent more time involving Jesus in our mess, the condition of our life would radically be changed. Not because of what we've done to clean ourselves up, but rather what he does when he moves in to our life. You can imagine how his birth transformed people's focus on the condition of the stable. Because of his presence, where he was born, how he was born, the cleanliness of the conditions that he was born in, all of a sudden probably didn't matter that much. I mean, probably before Jesus was born, whenever Mary was in labor, everyone and their mom was smelling the rankness of the stable. Everyone was probably annoyed at the sheep making their noises. I was gonna, and the horses and the camels or whatever animals were there. We don't know. But there's probably a lot of busyness and chaos and distraction going on. But the moment the God of the universe came out, probably nothing else mattered. The shepherds, when when they came, you don't hear in their account, and they approached the stable of Jesus, and there was the newborn child wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. However, they were distracted by the horse dung that sat nearby. I'm not reading that. And the wise men brought their gifts, and on the way up, accidentally stepped in one of the camel's bowel movements. I mean, we don't read that, do we? We don't read any of the details. What we read about, when we read the account of what happened, when they came into that stable, when they came into that cave, when they came to Christ, when they saw him, none of that matters. You know, back in the day, I remember I grew up, you know, down in South Florida. It was really cold. It used to get freezing cold down there in the winter. I used to surf, and I used to surf. I have, like, a full wetsuit on, like, everything. The water was, like, 70 degrees. I thought it was the worst thing in the world. I remember just being in the lineup, right, and all you could think of while you were waiting for a wave was, I cannot wait to get out. I'm so freezing cold. And you think of, like, really inappropriate food for your body, like ravioli or, like, like the pizzas you buy in 7-Eleven, that are hot. You think of like this junk food that you've kind of, anyway, that's not part of it. But anyway, you're sitting out there in the lineup, and all you can think about is being cold. And then a wave comes, right? And you catch the wave, and you're up on the wave, and you don't think about anything but the wave. 
You forget how cold you are. You forget that it's raining. You forget that you look like a penguin, you know, because you're wearing this wetsuit. You can barely move in. You paddle like this. But, I mean, you forget all that because you're up on this wave, and all you're thinking about is the wave. That's what it's like when we allow Jesus into our mess. Is it prior to him coming in? Our life is consumed with lust. It's consumed with guilt. It's consumed with, you know, money. It's consumed with stress and anxiety and busyness. It's consumed with the world, with, with questions that we don't have answers to. But when Jesus comes in, all of those things take a back seat. As our eyes become riveted on Jesus, like they would have been from Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and everyone since them who has allowed him into their mess, as our eyes and our lives become focused and riveted around the person of Jesus Christ, we change. And so do all of those other things in our life. In the Gospel of Matthew, the angel tells Joseph in Matthew one twenty three, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and, she shall, she, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. What does that mean for us? It means that this baby being born is God, and that he has been born to be with us, that he has been sent to us. He is the visible expression of the invisible God. The reason I'm telling you that is because It makes sense then. If the creator of the universe comes in to your life, he would have impact. He would make change. There would be restoration. There would be transition. Things would not be as they were in every area of your life. And so when we talk about when God gives him the name, this is God with you. This is God with us, Jesus Christ, my son. God's telling us. So he brings into your life all of my power, all of my holiness, all of my purity, all of my love, all of my mercy, all that I am and that you've known of me is in him. A few prophecies that just in the book of Isaiah that talk about, this is way before Jesus is born. These are some of the names that Isaiah gives to Jesus. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Righteous King, Divine Servant, Illuminator, Liberator, Burden bearer, sin bearer, intercessor, mighty savior. Just a few. There's like 15 others just in the book of Isaiah. Jesus brings all of these attributes and more into our life as we allow him into our life. God did not give us Jesus so that we would clean up our life first and then let him in. That would be... Like me telling our children, go get cleaned up so you can take a bath. Yeah? That's what it's like. Go get cleaned up so you can go take a bath. That's nutso. But that's what it's like when we talk about, I got to get my act in order. You got to dress up and wear this certain thing if you can go to church. Well, I'm in trouble then. I mean... One of the things, you know, one of the things about River City that we love is just, hey... The last thing that God's interested in when you come to church is is what you're wearing. He's interested in your heart. And if you want to honor and worship him by what you wear, that's awesome. But if you're wearing it to impress the pastor, it's not going to happen. 
Not that any of you would do that. The story of Jesus' birth shows us that Jesus was created to live in our mess. I mean, think about that. The way Jesus was born communicates a reality about what and why he came. Jesus was born in a mess for the purpose of communicating that he likes to live there with us. That he likes to live in the midst of our lives and our messiness and our brokenness. That's why we need him. That's what makes him different. That's why we call him Savior. He is a God that chose to be born in a way that would communicate to us the necessity of his love for us, not being conditional about how messy or clean our life is. I want to read that again. He is a God that chose to be born in a way that would communicate to us the necessity of his love for us not being conditional about how messy or how clean our life is. That's good news. And when we allow him into our mess, all of a sudden, our mess isn't that important anymore to us. It's him who becomes important. Our attention needs to no longer be on what is wrong with us, but instead, all of our life needs to be riveted and focused on Jesus. More than anything, Jesus wants you to let him in into your messy life, your painful life, your broken life, your life that stinks. The story of Jesus' birth is the story of a God who tonight wants to come into your life, wants to be among your greatest messes. Messes? Messes? Is that a word? Messes. Your greatest messes? It is now. That was my punchline. I start again. Wait a second. Let's pause. Shh. It's the last paragraph, so pregnant pause. The story of Jesus' birth. I screwed it up now, man. Dang. <laughs> the story of Jesus' birth is a story of a God who wants to be in your life, among your messes, so that he can bring peace, so that he can bring comfort, so that he can bring love, so that he can bring healing. And we just, <laughs> Lex, Lex is prohibited to sit in the front row from now on. You are banned from the front row. She's giggling down here. We need to stop looking at how messy our life is and start looking at Jesus. Start focusing on him. And as we do, not only will our life be transformed, but the things in our life that we think are so important, the mess in our life will become less and less important. I'm going to call the band up right now, and we're going to end in celebration. I know a lot of you came tonight hoping to burn each other with your candles and sing Silent Night in the end. But we're not going to do that. We're changing tradition at River City Church tonight. If there is such thing as a tradition in our church, I don't think we have one. That was becoming one, so we're changing it. But as we were praying and thinking about the service, we thought, you know, this is a celebration. There's a lot of reasons why we should be celebrating as a family and as a church, the, the, the greatest one, though, is because of who Jesus is. And that he is, uh, he's come to change us and to transform us. That he is different. That he is powerful. 
and that he has come to give us life to the full. And, it, and we don't have to get cleaned up before that happens. That tonight the invitation is, open the mess of your life and let me in. I've come to bring transformation and to make a difference. And so why don't we stand? We're going to end with a few praise songs to cap off Christmas Eve at River City Church. We'll have drinks out there. We'll have a time to socialize. But during these last two worship songs, we wanted to give you an opportunity to really think about what is the mess that I have in my life that I want Jesus to come in and transform. What is the thing that I've maybe held off this year, holding on to, that nobody knows that I want Jesus to come in and transform? And worship is a great opportunity for you to offer that to him. So the band will lead us now to a few worship songs, and I'll close us.